0: Chapter Three of Cloudy Jewel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James O'Connor. Cloudy Jewel by Grace Livingston Hill. Chapter Three. You haven't asked us what we came for, opened up Allison as soon as everybody was served with chicken, mashed potato, succotash, stewed tomatoes, biscuits, pickles, and apple sauce. I thought you came for cookies, said Julia Cloud with a mischievous twinkle in her gray eyes. Hung one on me, didn't you? said Allison laughing, but that wasn't all. Guess again. Perhaps you came to see me, she suggested shyly. Right you are, but that's not all either. THAT WOULDN'T LAST MUCH LONGER THAN THE COOKIES. GUESS AGAIN. OH, I COULDN'T, SAID JULIA CLOUD, GROWING SUDDENLY STRICKEN WITH THE THOUGHT OF THEIR GOING. I GIVE IT UP. WELL, THEN I'LL TELL YOU. YOU SEE, WE'VE COME EAST TO COLLEGE, BOTH OF US. OF COURSE, I'VE HAD MY FRESHMAN YEAR, BUT THE KID'S JUST ENTERING. WE HAVEN'T DECIDED WHICH COLLEGE IT'S TO BE YET, BUT IT'S TO BE CO-ED. WE KNOW THAT MUCH, BECAUSE WE'RE TIRED OF BEING SEPARATED. When one hasn't but two in the family, and has been apart for five years, one appreciates a home. I tell you that. And so we've decided we want a home. We're not just going to college to live there in the usual way. We're going to take a house, live like real folks, and go to school every day. We want a fireplace and a cookie jar of our own, a place to bring our friends and have good times. But most of all, we want a mother and we've come all this way to coax you to come and live with us play house you know as you used to do down on the mossy rocks with broken bits of china for dishes and acorns for cups and saucers play house and you be mother will you do it cloudy Jewel? it means a whole lot to us and we'll try to play fair and make you have a good time julia cloud put her hand on her heart and lifted her bewildered eyes to the boy's eager face me she said wonderingly you want me we sure do said allison indeed we do cloudy dear that's just what we do want cried leslie jumping up and running around to her aunt's chair to embrace her excitedly and you promised you know that you would do what we wanted if you possibly possibly could you see we put it up to our guardian about the house went on allison and he said the difficulty would be to get the right kind of a housekeeper that he could trust us with. Of course, he's way off in California, and he has to be fussy. He's built that way. But we told him we didn't want any housekeeper at all. We wanted a mother. He said you couldn't pick mothers off trees, but we told him we knew where there was one if we could only get her. So he let us come and ask, and if you say you'll do it, he's coming down to see you and fix it up about the money part. He said you'd have to have a regular salary or he wouldn't consider it because there were things he'd have to insist upon that he had promised mother. And if there wasn't a business arrangement about it, he wouldn't know what to do. Besides, he said it was worth a lot to run a couple of roughnecks like Les and me, and he'd make the salary all right so you could afford to leave whatever you were doing, and just give your time to mothering us. Now it's up to you, Cloudy Jewel, to help us out with our proposition, or spoil everything, because we simply won't have a housekeeper and we don't know another real mother in the whole world that hasn't a family of her own." They both left their delicious dinner and got around her, coaxing and wheedling exactly as if she had already declined, when the truth was she was too dazed with joy to open her lips, even if they had given her opportunity to speak. It was some time before the excitement quieted down, and they gave her a chance to say she would go even then she spoke the words with fear and trembling as one might step off a commonplace threshold into a fairy palace not sure but it might be stepping into space outside the sky was still flooded with after sunset glory but there was so much glory in the hearts of the three inside the dining-room that they never noticed it at all it might have been raining or hailing and they would not have known they were so happy both the guests donned long gingham aprons and wiped the dishes when the meal was over both talking with all their might recalling the days of their childhood when they had had towels pinned around them and been allowed to dry the cups and pans then suddenly jumping ahead and planning what they would do in the dear new home of the future they were all three as excited about it as if they had been a bridal couple planning for their honeymoon We shall want five bedrooms, said Leslie decidedly. I've thought that all out, one for each of us and two guest rooms, so we can have a boy and a girl home for overnight with us as often as we want to, and there simply must be a fireplace or we won't take the house. If there isn't the right kind of a house in town, we'll choose some other college. There are plenty of colleges, but you can have only one home, and it must be the right kind. Then, of course, we want a big kitchen where we can make fudge as often as we choose in the evenings and a dining room with a bay window with seats and flowers and a canary cloudy jewel you don't mind cats do you i want two at least i've been crazy for a kitten all the time i was in school and al wants a big collie you won't mind will you suddenly julia cloud discovered that latent in her heart all these years there had also lain a desire for a cat and a dog and she lifted guilty eyes and confessed it. She felt a pang of remembrance, as she recalled how her mother used so often to tell her she was nothing but an old child. "'Perhaps your guardian will not think me a proper person to chaperone you,' she suggested in sudden alarm. "'Well, he'd just better not,' declared Allison, bristling up. "'I'd like to know where he could find a better.' i've never been in society said julia cloud thoughtfully i don't know social ways much and i've never been considered to have any dignity or good judgment that's just why we like you the children you've never grown up and got dull and stiff and poky like most grown folks we were so afraid began leslie putting a loving arm about her aunt's waist that you would have changed since we were children we talked it all over on the way here we had a kind of eyebrow code by which we could let each other know what we thought about it without your seeing us we were to lift one eyebrow the right one if we were favorably impressed and draw down the left if we were disappointed but in case we were sure both eyebrows were to go up and of course we were sure you were just the same dear the minute we laid eyes on you and all four of our eyebrows went high as they'd go the first instant didn't you notice allison his eyebrows were almost up to his hair and they pulled his eyes so wide open they were perfectly round like saucers as for me i think mine went way up under my hair i'm not sure if they've got back to their natural place even yet and leslie laid a rosy finger over her brow and felt anxiously along the delicate velvety line i shall go out and telegraph mr luddington that you are willing announced allison as he hung up the dish towel He'll get it in the morning when he reaches Boston, and then he needn't fuss and fume any longer about what he's going to do with us. Besides, i like to have the bargain clinch somehow, and a telegram will do it. Allison slammed out of the house noisily to the extreme confusion of Mrs. Ambrose Perkins, who hadn't been able to eat her supper properly for watching the house to see what would happen next. Who could that young man be? She simply couldn't get a clue when she went over for the soda though she knocked several times and heard voices upstairs and altogether unseemly laughter for a house where there had just been a funeral not a soul came to the door could it be that julia cloud heard her and stayed upstairs on purpose she felt that as the nearest neighbor and a great friend of ellen's it would be rather expected of her to find out what was going on she resolutely refrained from lighting the power lamp and took up her station at the dark window to watch but although she sat there until after ten o'clock she was utterly unable to find out anything except that the household across the way stayed up very late and there were lights in both front rooms again she felt that if nothing developed by morning she would just have to get ambrose to hitch up and drive out to ellen's ellen ought to know but julia cloud was serenely unconscious of this espionage she had entered an eden of bliss and was too happy to care about anything else seated on the big old couch in the parlor with a child on either side of her a hand in each of hers often a head on each shoulder nestling down they talked planned and talked now the brother would break in with some tale of his school days now the sister would add a bit of reminiscence just as if they had been storing it all up to tell her the joyous happiness of them all seemed like heaven dropped down to earth it was as she had sometimes dreamed mothers might talk with their own children and god had granted this unspeakable gift to her was it real would it last or was she only dreaming once it vaguely passed through her mind but she would not be sure of the reality of the whole thing until she had seen ellen if she could talk with ellen about it tell her what she was going to do show her the children and then come back and find it all the same it would last but somehow she shrank unspeakably from seeing ellen she could not get away from the feeling that ellen would dispel it all that some way somehow she would succeed in breaking up all the bright plans and scattering them like soap bubbles in the wind. Nevertheless, it was a very beautiful illusion, if illusion it was, and one to be prolonged as late as possible. She was horrified when at last she heard the rebuking strokes of the town clock. ten, eleven twelve. She started to her feet ashamed and even then they would not let her go to bed at once she must turn out the lights and sit in the hall between their rooms as she did long ago and tell the story of the little rid hen, just as she had told it night after night when they were children it was characteristic of the unfailing youth of the woman that she entered into the play with zest attired in a long kimono with her beautiful white hair and two long silver braids down over her shoulders she sat in the dark and told the story with the same vivid language and then she stole on tiptoe first to the sisters bedside to tuck her in and kiss her softly and then to the brothers and at each bedside a young strong arm reached out and drew her face down whispering good night with a kiss and i love you cloudy jewel in tender thrilling tones the two big children were asleep at last and julia cloud stole to her own bed to lie in a tumult of wonder and joy and finally sink into a light slumber wherein she dreamed that she had fallen heir to a rose garden and all the roses were alive and could talk until ellen came driving up in her ford and ran right over them crushing them down and cutting their heads off with a long sharp whip she carried That somehow turned out to be made of words strung together with biting sarcasm. She awoke in the broad morning sunlight to find both children done up in bathrobes and slippers, sitting one each side of her on the bed, laughing at her and tickling her chin with a feather from the seam of the pillow. "'Now, Cloudy Jewel, you've just got to begin to make plans,' announced Leslie. "'curling up in a ball at her feet "'and looking very businesslike "'with her fluffy curls around her face "'like a golden fleece. "'There isn't much time, "'and Guardy Ludd will be down upon us by tomorrow "'or the next day at least.' Guardy Ludd!' exclaimed Julia Cloud, bewildered. "'Who is that?' "'That's our pet name for Mr. Luddington,' "'explained Leslie, wrinkling up her nose "'in a grin of merriment. "'Isn't it cute? "'Wait till you see him, and you'll see how it fits.' He's round and bald with a shiny red nose and spectacles. He doesn't mind our kidding at all. He'd have made a lovely father if he wasn't married. But he has a horrid wife. We don't like her at all. She's like a frilly piece of French china with too much decoration. And she's always sick and nervous. And she jumps and says, oh, mercy, every time we do the least little thing. She doesn't like us any better than we like her. Her name is Alida and allison says we are always trying to elude her the only good thing she ever did was to advise Gody ludd to let us come east to college she wanted to get us as far away from her as possible and it certainly was mutual there now leslie you're chattering again broke in allison looking very tall and efficient in his blue bathrobe you said you would talk business and not bleep well so i am pouted leslie I guess cloudy has got to understand about our family. Well, now let's get down to business said her brother. Cloudy, what have you got to do before you leave? You know, it isn't very long before the college is open and we've got to start out and hunt a home right away. Do you have to pack up here or anything? Oh, I don't know, gasped Julia Cloud, looking around half frightened. I suppose I ought to ask Ellen. She will be very much opposed to anything I do. "'but I suppose she ought to be told first. "'Alison frowned. "'Gee whiz, I don't see why Aunt Ellen has to butt into our affairs. "'She's got her own home and family, "'and she never did like us very much. "'I remember hearing her tell Grandma that we were a regular nuisance, "'and she would be glad when we were gone back to California.' "'That was because you hid behind the sofa "'when Uncle Herbert was courting her and kidded them,' giggled Leslie a stray little twinkle of a dimple peeped out by the corner of julia cloud's mouth it hadn't been out for a number of years and she knew she ought not to laugh at such pranks now but it was so funny to think of herbert robinson being kidded in the midst of his courting the dimple started the lights dancing in leslie's eyes there now you dear old Jewel. you know you don't want to talk to aunt ellen about us she'll just mess things all up let's just do things and get them all fixed up, and then tell her when it's too late for her to make a fuss, gurgled Leslie down close to Julia's ear, finishing up with a delicious bear hug. "'I suppose you'll be mortally offended,' murmured Julia Cloud in troubled hesitancy. "'Well, suppose she is. She'll get over it, won't she?' growled Allison. "'And anyhow, you're old enough to manage your own affairs, Cloudy Jewel. I guess you're older than she is, aren't you?' "'I guess you've got a right to do as you please, haven't you? "'And you do want to go with us, don't you?' "'His voice was anxious. "'I certainly do, dear boy,' said Julia cloud eagerly. "'But you know your guardian may not approve it all "'when he sees what a foolish young aunt I am, "'allowing you to sit up late and talk fairy stories all the time.' "'They smothered her in kisses, compliments and assurances, "'and it was some time before the conversation swung around again "'to the important subject of the morning.' "'You don't have to do anything to the house, but just shut it up, do you?' asked Alison, looking anxiously about in a helpless, mannish way. "'Because if you do, we ought to be getting to work.' "'There's a man over at Harmony Village that wanted to rent a house here,' said Julia Cloud thoughtfully. "'I might write a letter to him. I don't know whether he's found anything or not. He's the new superintendent of the high school. But it's time we got dressed and had breakfast.' "'Write to him nothing,' said Alison eagerly i'll get the car and we'll drive over to harmony in no time and get the thing fixed up hustle there leslie and get yourself togged up we don't need to wait for breakfast we can eat cookies hurry everybody and he slammed over to his own room and began to stir about noisily julia cloud arose and made a hasty toilet with a bright spot of excitement on each cheek but she had no time to think what ellen would say For she meant that these children should have a real old-time breakfast before they began the day, and now that she was up her little round black clock on the bureau told her that it was high time the day had begun. She looked fearfully out of the window, half expecting to see Ellen's Ford bobbing down the hill already, and then hurried down to the kitchen. Allison soon came down, calling out to her to be ready when he came back with the car. But the delicious odours that had already begun to float out from the old kitchen made him lenient toward the idea of breakfast, and when he came back with the full, cut-out roaring the announcement of his arrival to the Perkinses, he was quite ready to wait a few minutes and eat some of Julia Cloud's flapjacks and sausages with maple syrup and applesauce. Julia Cloud herself ate little. She was in a tremor of delightful uncertainty and dread. Ought she to go ahead this way and manage her own affairs leaving her own sister out of the question but then if she consulted with ellen that meant consulting with herbert for herbert ran his wife most thoroughly and herbert could make things very unpleasant when he took the trouble so when the children unable at last to eat any more pleaded with her to leave the dishes and go to see the man about the house at once she gave one swift, apprehensive glance about and assented. If Ellen should come to the house while they were away, and should look in at the window, and see the breakfast dishes standing, it would be appalling. But as the children said, why worry? Somehow she felt like a little schoolgirl playing hooky, as she carefully drew down the dining room and kitchen window shades that looked on the back porch, and locked the front door behind her well perhaps she had earned the right to take this bit of a holiday and wash her dishes when she liked anyhow hadn't god sent these blessed children to her in answer to her earnest prayer that he would show her what to do and save her if possible from having to spend the remainder of her days under herbert robinson's roof well then she would just accept it that way and be grateful at least until he showed her otherwise So she drew a long breath of delight and climbed into the luxurious back seat of the great blue car, utterly oblivious of the prying eyes behind the parlor shade across the way. End of chapter three. Recording by James O'Connor. Randolph, Massachusetts, February 2011.